It is your money. I'm Susie Jones, along with Bruce Helmer and Peg Webb, reminding you if you have a financial question for Bruce or Peg or anyone at the Wealth Enhancement Group, you can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, this number, one eight 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 six advice You can also email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com, and someone will definitely get back to you very soon. But for the next little bit here, you can call or text us on our studio line at 651-461-9226. Here is the founder now, Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor, Bruce Elmer, and Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor, Peg Webb. Hello to both of you. Good morning, you two. Hi, Bruce. Hello, Hello, Susie. Hello, Peg. Good to be with you both. Hey, I want to apologize to the two of you and to listeners in advance. I'm on about day 12 of what I think is a fall allergy bronchitis, and I finally went to the doctor and got some prednisone and an inhaler, but uh, I'm still fighting it. I'll, I'll be good for a while, and then all of a sudden have a coughing spasm. So hang in there with me and help me out, and we'll get through this together. Thanks for your help. Oh, that's nice of you to warn us ahead of time. So, Peg, you get ready to you get ready to <laughs> pick up. Yeah, yeah, pick up, pick up the ball. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do it, Bruce. Yeah, we I, can do it. So let's uh, well, let's thank have you. you start. All right, jump in. Well, we have a, we have a great. I think really a great topic today, and it's it's one that I don't know that people would normally consider or think of, but we're calling it lifestyle inflation. And what we mean by that is, as your income goes up in life, as you as you become an adult from a college student or as you get older and get increases in salary or better jobs, there's a tendency to maybe spend beyond your means. You, 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 lose, you, you think, well, I'm making more money so I can go buy more stuff and spend more money. And, and you got to really be careful with this. We, we know statistically that people do it. We know it happens. And today we're going to talk about some of the ramifications of this lifestyle inflation and maybe some tips on how to avoid it because it can actually peg torpedo your long-term financial success if you're not careful. Yeah, I actually, when we talked about this agenda, I thought this is going to be a fun one because a lot of the things that we talk about, Bruce, um, on this show we're real people like we're real people that have experienced a lot of these things and we've witnessed uh, clients and prospective clients when they come in to see us that they are subject to this lifestyle inflation. Um, The best quote, though, that's on our agenda, I think, is at the very end, which I actually want to bring forward. And that is live a little, but not too much. So I thought that would be a great (laughs) tagline to start. So But on the surface, you know, why is this such a concern? It's because, you know, there's just three main reasons why you'd want to avoid it. And we'll talk about different stages of of life um, here after we set this up a little bit. But it can be difficult to get out of debt. So sometimes people tend to um, maybe they get a raise or they got some inheritance or And then maybe you have enough for a down payment, but then you take on a little bit of debt along with that um, newfound money. And then, you know, it's so hard, Bruce. I know we can say, hey, think about your retirement. Seriously, I'm 22 years old or I'm 24 years old and I'm just getting my first job and I'm so excited about it. And you want me to think about my retirement? 
I mean, I have to go back here and say, when I was 24, yes, I was always a forward thinker. But did I ever witness or see myself at the age I am today? Absolutely not. I was never going out that far. So sometimes our coaching is more of a baby step and not, you know, looking way out to when you retire. But if indeed um, you do, if you're knowledgeable and you have the discipline, if you get some kind of an increase in cash flow, no matter where it comes from, you know, it would be nice if you could, you know, figure out, do I have enough padding in my checking? Do I have an emergency fund if something happens? And then, you know, do you feel like if you have a feeling that you're overwhelmed already, is it something where you're just going to take that windfall and then have to already get yourself out of debt? So there's just reasons and and, and um, that people just start to creep into this, this um you know, like you're behind all the time. You're behind. So today what I thought we would talk about is just some strategies, Bruce, about how to avoid it. Yeah, you know, and Peg, I think it's safe to say that you've seen this also. A couple thoughts, and these are probably going to be overarching on our whole hour today. I've seen clients before often over the years. that let's, let, let's make a simple numerical example that everyone can follow along with let's say somebody's goal is to save 10 percent of their income and they're making seventy five thousand dollars a year so they're saving seven thousand five hundred and i would say you know they're doing well they're, they're, they've got a good plan a good strategy 10 percent of their income is a, is a is a good goal and if they can achieve it that's great but now their pay goes up over the course of say a year or two and now they're making eighty thousand dollars but you look at their savings and investing and it's still only 7500 And I would tell people that your saving and investing should, should go up if your pay goes up and, you, and your goal should still be 10% of your saving and investing. It does not all have to go into lifestyle, but it often does. And, that, and that's the second thing I wanted to mention. We live in a world today, a society today, and I think this, this was even before COVID, but COVID has probably made it worse, where people just want to live for today. We don't know what the future holds. We didn't realize the global pandemic could totally shut us down, make us shelter in place, make us not want to get on an airplane, go to a restaurant. People want to live for today and have fun, and they don't want some financial advisor telling them they can't go have fun. So we see, you know, as, as income goes up, People want to put it all into lifestyle, and my, and my position is I don't want to take all your fun. I think you can do both. I think you can still have fun today and still save and invest for your future. Um, it just takes a little discipline and a little bit of planning. But listen, everybody, and Peg, we don't want to take everybody's fun away from them, do we? Absolutely not. And I think you and I uh, and all the financial advisors at Wealth Enhancement Group we live through all these clients' lives. So we share the good times with them and um, negatively, we, we share the bad times with them. So, and you know, um, it used to be, Bruce, when I started in my career, I was always, always younger than my clients. And so why I even mention that is because 
you know, to see how they live their life. I mean, I literally took a lot of the tips of my life and what I learned in this career early on and got from them. Um, And so I I do believe that you have to number one, and I'm going to use the ugliest word that I've ever heard in my life is the word budget. And I don't even use that word with people anymore because it's got such a negative um, rap, if you will. So I changed the word from budget, um, and that would be kind of tying into your 10%, Bruce. I changed the word budget to financial blueprint or financial or a fiscal estimate. Isn't that just kind of a, um, a grander term or something that you might strive for versus a budget? <laughs> yeah, I do like that a lot better because, yeah, nobody wants yeah. a budget. Nobody wants to do that. That's right. That's right. So when it comes to, and I liked what you said once again, is just if you get some kind of a windfall or you get this raise, it's hard, Bruce, because, you know, your neighbors get in the bigger house or you see the friends with the nicer car or, you know, they went on this grand vacation. So there's some envy there, too, while you may want to spend your money, not just because you think you're not going to necessarily live that long, but you just start to see envy um, come out in people that they want to be just like their neighbors. So one of the things when you talk, when we talk about this fiscal um, budget, um, well, we don't want to use the, this fiscal estimate, you know, um, it can be a real uh, challenge for people because if they haven't ever put their actual costs on paper, um, Wealth Enhancement Group has a, uh, expense worksheet that we provide. And we have to provide it a lot of times because people when come to see us, we're saying, well, where, where does your cash flow go? And they'll look at us and say, well, I don't know, generally, this is about how much we spend. But this expense worksheet has every single item on there. And ask, we ask uh, clients or potential clients to fill in how much is your energy bill? How much is your mortgage? How much do you spend eating out? Now, some of this can be very difficult for people, but once we encourage them of why we want them to do it, because we want to get a handle on what your expenses are today, and then even more importantly, important for down the road, is don't you want to maintain the lifestyle that you have today, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, And then we do get the big thank you after going through that exercise, because then people feel confident. Some people have to make lots of changes and some people have to, um, you know, save more. But then there's others that are just well on their way um, in saving. So conclusion to all that is you have to know where you sit uh, expense wise and cash flow wise before you could even start to make kind of a financial forecast, which is the next step um, within Wealth Enhancement Group's comprehensive planning. Bruce? Um, I kind of want to hear, you know, as always on on the show, we'll take financial questions, any and all financial questions. But I would also like to hear from people. I think listeners by now, Peg, have – probably realize this is a real thing um and and many of them have probably experienced it maybe gone through it themselves solved it or figured out a way to 
to uh, to to win win from it, or, or if you will, I'd like to hear from those folks that, that maybe had personal experience with this. So, um, Susie always gives the number, but I'll throw it out: six five one four six one nine two two six. If you if you want to share an experience, in addition to asking questions, six five one four six one nine two two six. So, I think everybody realizes this is a real thing. And we've talked about some of the negative impacts, psychological and, and financial. But I don't know. I, I guess we started to segue there. But what can people, let's give people, Peg, some ideas or some advice on how to avoid it or how to be aware of it. Because, you know, I think sometimes it sneaks up on you either when you're, like we said, when you're young, first starting your career and making money for the first time or later in your career when you're making real money when you when you've made it and you and you feel like you're successful and it kind of sneaks up on you so let's talk a little bit about recognizing it and and avoiding it or, or fighting back against it yeah i love that um so number one would be don't make snap decisions so you kind of have to balance your short-term wants with your long-term needs and what I've witnessed is, um, you know, with clients that we work with, and if there's a couple, they they sometimes are able to um, make a decision together, but yet they've talked out, like they, they've talked about, do we really need this? Do we really want this? And how is that going to affect our long-term plan? Now, we all have impulses, right? <laughs> I mean, I have them too. And I'm like... Um, uh, I'm going to get this thing, but I'm going to deal with it later. And later is sometimes not a great idea. Um, and, and when we talk about, Bruce, about getting a bonus or you know you're going to get a pay raise, sometimes the people that hear about it spend the money before they even have it. So credit is such a, a huge part of our life today, and it's so easy to get money that we really don't have. And so what happens is, is even if you went and bought something like an RV, which is kind of a big item, or um, a whole new living room set that's a, you know, upgrading furniture, that kind of thing. One of them is really classified as an asset. You know, an RV is going to hold its value to some degree. This furniture purchasing that we love to do, or I should say we, Bruce, I love to do, you pretty much take it out of the store and it's going to drop about 75% in value. But um, so that's just a difference in maybe you take some uh, consideration as to what are these impulse things that you're doing. And then um, another one would be if you value financial independence and experiences over material things. So we have so many clients, Bruce, and I think it's because the people that come to us, I have to say, you know, a lot of them have some discipline already built in them because they not only do they have that discipline, but they also want to take the next step and make sure that they're a steward of their financial savings and that they're doing everything that they possibly can to either get this money down to the next generation or to help their kids right now, et cetera, et cetera. So this whole thing about valuing, valuing financial independence or experiences over material things, we can kind of witness that early on in our comprehensive planning uh, process. So 
some people are absolutely um, just dead set against taking out any debt whatsoever. And I have lived through so many people's lives. And I will tell you that my debt-free clients are the most successful clients, hands down. Now, does that mean everybody listening now should not take out any debt? You know, there's good debt, which means how I described an RV or maybe it's your house or something that holds value. That's okay. But then there's this other subset of like furniture, putting that on a credit card that you walk out of the store and it's 75% down. So my point, Bruce, is just that, um, you know, no debt, uh, it just this is my experience with my clients that they are the most successful people short term and long term. Yeah, you know, and you've said that before, and I know it to be true. And but I, I also I like where you went uh, a little bit earlier in the narrative that in terms of avoiding this inf- uh, inflation, lifestyle inflation, if you focus on priorities, and and I, that's where I want to take the discussion back to. We talk all the time on this show, and we talk to our clients in the same way, that it starts with what are your core values? What's important to you? And then based on those core values, what are your goals and objectives? And then we devise a plan to help you get there. And these impulse buys or these short-term wants can really torpedo what's really important to us in the long term. And sometimes all it takes is reminding the client what's really important to them to help them make a better decision. I've told this story on air before, but I had a client years and years and years ago that called me up and they wanted to go get a luxury car and they wanted to know if they could afford it. Their monthly car payment was going to go like from 400 to $1,000 or something like that. And I ran some numbers and I said, well, you can certainly afford it, but are, are you sure that's what you want to do? And he said, well, what do you mean? I go, every review meeting you come in here, your top concern is, are you saving enough for your three kids for their college education? Well, how are you going to feel every month when you make this car payment that's 600 bucks a month higher than your old one? Are you going to be thinking that's 600 bucks that be, it could be going to my kid's college education fund? So they ended up going, you're right, Bruce. I, 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 I'm not going to buy the car right now. Now, fast forward that client about a year later, they continued to do so well in their career they realized they could buy the car, probably pay cash for it, and still fund their kids' college accounts. But they delayed the decision at least the first time for that luxury car when I reminded them their core values and what's really important to them. Yeah, and, and you know, the other thing I was thinking of is habits. So, you know, you almost have to make saving and investing a habit. And habits are hard. Remember, you got the third... You got to do something for 30 days to, you know, raise the probability of your success on habits. But what we find is probably the best thing for uh, people that are are gainfully employed out there is to hide money from yourself. And the best way you can do that is in a 401k or a 403b. If that money doesn't hit your checking account and you don't really see it, because your deposit is a net deposit after you pay taxes and after you invest money in your work plan, we have witnessed that that's probably the best thing for people to uh, do. And and long term, 
when we see it on the backside, those buckets of money are so big compared to money that they might have been willing to or invested after tax, after they got their paycheck. So just general behavior out there, it's easier for you to hide your money from yourself, Bruce, than to try to take money from your checking and go, oh, I think I'm going to save this versus spend it. Yeah, and if you form that good habit when you're young, it's easier to continue it throughout a lifetime. Habits are funny things, man. The bad habits seem to come so easily, and the good (laughs) habits seem to come so much harder. Um, Susie, I know we're about due for a break, so let's do that. In the second half, Peg and I will kind of finish up our discussion on lifestyle inflation, and hopefully we'll get listeners involved in the second half also. That sounds great. And again, if you are listening to Your Money, for the next half an hour, you can call or text 651-461-9226. Again, that is 651-461-9226. Some text questions and comments already coming in. A texture wonders about going the other way. He actually ends up saving more and has too much. Wants to talk about that coming up after this break. It's your money. And welcome back. I'm Susie Jones, along with Peg Webb and Bruce Helmer. And if you have a financial question for our guests today, you can call this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That is one eight 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 six advice Or also write this down, yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. Those are two places you can go. That If for any reason we didn't get to your question today, you can always go back and talk to the folks at Wealth Enhancement. In the meantime... The number to call right now, if you have a question, is 651-461-9226. Welcome back to the program, Bruce Helmer and Peg Webb. Welcome back, both of you. We're talking about lifestyle inflation and how to protect yourself in a situation where you might want to be, you might want to spend more than maybe you should. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that... Susie, you're describing everybody to some degree, but yeah, if you're ju- if you're just joining us, um, we've been talking about lifestyle inflation. If you uh, were with us, thanks for staying with us. So, really quickly, we talked about uh, how as we make more money, we feel pressure or there's a tendency to spend more money and maybe spend beyond our means, which can lead to problems. It can it can increase our debt or make it harder to uh, reduce our debt. It can maybe drain our emergency savings. Maybe there's even a psychological impact that you feel like you're never going to get out from underneath it. Um, we understand the temptation to live for today, especially in light of coming out, you know, off of COVID. Um, but we talked about, you know, having a plan. And if you do get extra money, maybe determine it, it's not all going to go to lifestyle. Some of it's going to go to taxes. Maybe some of it pays down debt. Some of it gets saved or invested. And, yes, a certain percentage you can designate to fun or vacation or discretionary pur- purchases. We talked about not making snap decisions, thinking things through. Um, and, and we invited the listeners to join us if they have a story or a text in addition to questions. But, Peg, I, I know there's maybe a couple more things that we didn't get to in the first half of the show that you wanted to make sure that you uh, share with our listeners. Yeah. Thank you, Bruce. I just want to repeat that I hate the word budget and um, I am personally a budgeteur. I I believe in budgets, but because it's got such a bad name, 
I try to use the word financial blueprint, the words or fiscal estimate with people. Um, I wanted just to give a little insight so that the people that come and see us or existing clients, 50 is kind of this magic age, Bruce, where people start to feel like, hmm, I've been here 50 years on this planet. And it's kind of where retirement seems like it's getting closer, right? So you've kind of got this frame of mind before you turn 50 that you get to be um, maybe a little looser with your money and you can spend because, oh, I got all these years ahead of me. But then at 50 years old, some people come and see us and they say, oh, I want to retire at 55 or 60, which seems like tomorrow. So just, I want to just give an example of if you are a 50-year-old and you want to be able to spend an additional $10,000 in your retirement and you retire and you're willing to go all the way to 65 years old, now that's 15 years of time, you'd need to st save an additional $745 per month over that 15-year uh, period to reach your goals, assuming we're assuming 6% there. And we are assuming that that's in a taxable account. It's not something where you're doing through your work, you're already getting your paycheck and you want to save some additional money. Um, and that doesn't really account for what I would call inflation because I didn't raise that $745 throughout time, you know, where, but your purchasing power of that $745 that you're saving 15 years earlier, isn't going to buy the same goods and services down the road. So it kind of is the, this comprehensive planning is the ultimate puzzle because we have to encourage people at a younger age that they have to save more for all the things that they want to do on the backside of life. Bruce, I wanted to give that example because I feel like that's dramatic. That's almost a thousand dollars a month that you have to save and you can't spend now for increasing your overall budget or your, you know, your um, fiscal estimate by $10,000 more a year. And $10,000 a year sounds, you know, like, oh, my God, that's not even that much more. And it's because of our longevity. I mean, so you retire at 65 and you happen to come into Wealth Enhancement Group at that age. We're planning for 30 to 40 years of time that we have to create a paycheck for the rest of your life. See, you understand that there's a lot of fun decades behind retirement but you actually have to create a paycheck and why then it's so important that if you can start early on the front end, that you are going to be so much better off than people who wait until they're 50 or, you know, in their sixties to say, Oh, I better save a little bit more, Bruce. You know, Peg, I love that example. And I think it is a great example. Um, I, I take issue only a little bit because I think, $10,000 more income per year for the rest of my life after I retire is a lot of money. I mean, if you put it in perspective as a percentage, if somebody was making $100,000 a year, which I think most listeners would say that's a really good income, $10,000 more per year at retirement is a 10% increase in your retirement income. That's, that's a big percentage increase. But it's not easy to get there. That's $745 a month. 
starting at age 50 for those last 15 years down the home stretch. It's a sacrifice to get there, but I think most people would say that's worth it to me to create an extra $10,000 a year in income at retirement, which is really when I'm going to check the things off my bucket list and do the things I I really want to do. The short-term things, yeah, sure, you're going to take vacations while you're still working and and you're going to enjoy, you know, new cars maybe from time to time or or nice restaurants, but you're really going to enjoy life after you retire. So it's not easy to get there. 745 a month is not a, you know, it's not chump change. That's, that's a big number per month, but what's the end result? Again, I think, and you're so good at this peg, painting pictures, visualizing the future. I think when people can really visualize and see what they're going to get out of it, it really helps them have the discipline and desire to go ahead and, 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 and be able to do that because it's worth it to them in the long run. Yeah, and I think that the having the vision is actually a gift. Not everybody has that ability. So um, in our job, a lot of times we do put all these um, suggestions into maybe kind of a picture for people because we say, pretend that you're doing this or see yourself doing this. And this is why it would be motivating, Bruce. And then and, and a quick personal story. So recently I was with a buddy that's about my age and he's not a client, but he's, he's, a, he's a longtime friend. And I was talking to him about retiring and, and when he wants to retire. And he, he was very um, uncertain. And, and, you know, and, and I said, well, do you have specific goals of what you want to do after retirement? Or do you have a bucket list? I don't like the, the word bucket list. But if I say that, you know what I mean. And he was like, I don't know, not really. We haven't thought about it or talked about it. And just but just as my friend, I encouraged him to do that. He said, you know, kind of sarcastically, well, do you? And I go, absolutely. And I started to list off very specific things about a train ride through the Rockies or driving up the eastern seaboard from Cape Cod to Maine and seeing Niagara Falls and seeing the Grand Canyon again. I have a whole list of, of things I want to do. And I encouraged him to do that. And I think people that do do that, that visualize and have things in, in, in their mind's eye that they want to do in this life before they leave this world, and maybe it's not all things like that. Maybe to some people listening right now, that seems selfish. Maybe it's tithing 10% to your church. Maybe it's volunteering, building houses for Habitat for Humanity. I, I don't know what it is, but I think to have that vision and that desire and that goal for a certain lifestyle at retirement, that you have to start with that and you have to have some passion for something or, or you're not going to have any discipline to save and invest and, and do things financially that are going to get you there because you don't even know where you're going and, and you got to know where you want to where you want to go. And I, I'll get off my soapbox. I'll stop there. <laughs> I was yeah, good. And I think that. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Susie. Well, I was just going to jump in and just add that I think that if you do wait, you tend to flounder a bit. And, you know, not that you need to be strict or rigid about, okay, now I'm retired and now I'm going to do X, Y, Z. But I have people in my life that are retired that are a little, little bit like, well, I'm bored or I don't know what to do with myself. And I think if you visualize it, that is such a great piece of advice for myself, too. I'm going to retire in five years. And I never thought about visualizing. I thought about saving money 
seeing the number on the page, mm-hmm. but the actual activity is cool. So thank you for that. Uh, texture writes, Peg, um, you mentioned to make the, uh, the budget word more positive. Could you repeat those? Those were really helpful as well. Yeah, that budget word. I like to use financial blueprint. That's my favorite one. And then sometimes I'll use fiscal estimate. Um, and I, 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 I do that because I have always been a budget person. And my family actually makes fun of me with this budget that I talk about all the time. And the reason they make fun of me is they're like, are you, they literally say to me, like in February or March, are you still on your budget? You know, so if I say something about money, they'll go, does that have anything to do with your budget? And they make it sound like that's a bad word. And so that's why I changed it because I think people have to get their arms around what they're spending their money on. And then on the flip side, I love Bruce that you brought up being a visionary seeing what you possibly could do. But that's not just in retirement. That's actually in your entire life. If you can see what you want to be doing next, I find that that actually uh, brings your vision into um, reality in a lot of times. That's how much I believe in seeing the picture of what you want to be or what you'd like to contribute to your community or you have to see yourself doing things uh, for that uh, probability of success. Well, and you know what, and, and Susie, after after this, yeah, I, hopefully we get some listeners with uh, some questions or, or, or some stories of their own. But, you know, Peg, you started the show with the uh, live a little but not too much quote, and I, and I love the quote. And, again, it gets back to this issue that people want to live for today probably more than ever before. And, and again, I think I, I think just culturally – we were headed that direction even before COVID, but COVID really, really magnifies that, I, I think. And I think sometimes people look at financial advisors. I know they do. I've had people say it to me before. I don't want you to tell me I can't take a nice vacation or I can't drive a nice car or I can't go to a nice restaurants or whatever. And listen, we are not about buzzkill killing fun. You and I are two people that like to enjoy life along the way, right? We have fun. We're, we're not right. squirreling away all of our money just for retirement. I think you can do both. I know you can do both. It just takes some planning and some discipline, and maybe you need some help to sometimes to save yourself from yourself. But this idea that financial advisors just want you to invest all of your money with them, that's not true. You and I like fun, Right. Right, right, right. And I think I like how you, Bruce, bring up all the time what's important to you. So when we do meet with couples, um, it's interesting. Sometimes they they don't know what each other is really important to them. And so just sitting down with somebody like us to walk through that and then to put the financial fiscal numbers to that vision certainly is a lot easier on us to have that kind of a roadmap than just kind of winning, winging it Um, uh, because your probability of success. That's one of my favorite, favorite statements is going to be higher. If you, as a couple, you know, or even as an individual, you do um, work on what are those numbers? What is it that you want to do with the rest of your life? And then let us put the numbers to it 
And uh, but the earlier, the better, I would say. All right, 651-461-9226 is the number that you can text or call if you have a question for Bruce or for Peg about anything that is on your mind financially speaking. I mentioned this going into the break. I saw a text from a person who said, I actually go the other direction as I've always accumulated. Um, as I've actually accumulated more money, I tended to be more careful. I'm having a hard time spending it. I've been debt-free most of my life. Do you find that's the case too, that people hold on too tight and there's kind of a fear and not wanting to let loose the reins a bit? Peg or oh, Bruce? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to change people, right? So when they come to see us and they're debt-free people and they've just been such good savers, they're terrible retirees. They're terrible oh, no. when they when they stop getting the paychecks on the backside. They're so fearful, you know, that they're going to go backwards. So, you know, I I do a lot of encouraging with those type of people to go live, go enjoy. What's this list of things that you guys want to do um, here in the short term, medium term, long term, and what's important to you because. And some people listening out there might think, really, that's your job? It is our job Mm. to encourage them to go and spend. Because unless you have a high, high priority of getting all those, that savings, you know, to the next generation, but those people also fear what the next generation is going to do with the money that they've spent an entire lifetime building. So it's, 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 um, there's pros and cons on both sides. You, you know, Susie, I, I won't say that that type of a person, in my experience, is as prevalent as the other type that spends too much, but it's also not uncommon. I agree with Peg. I've seen it a lot before, and people are wired how they're wired. And, you know, part of – I think there's a lot of misunderstanding, again, about what financial advisors do, or at least I think what good financial advisors do – it's a relationship business. It's a personal business. And as advisors, Peg says this all the time, we live through the lives of our clients. And we have to try to feel what it's like to walk in their shoes and see the world through their eyes. And, and, and be, you know, when you've got that client that's, that, that can't spend money, can't enjoy themselves, Sometimes it doesn't matter what you show them. I can show them future value forecasts that if you spend this money, you're still going to have this much left. You're not going to run through your money. Um, you just can't convince them. So you do what you can, and, and you try to find small compromises here and there. Um, but it's I don't want to say it's tough because it's an enviable position to be in to have too much money. But, boy, I want to see people, money money by itself sitting in a in an account or in a bank isn't doing anybody any good. I want to see them put it, you know, put it to, to charity or help society or go enjoy their life. I want them to do something with that money. But you get that personality type, it's hard to get them to change. It really is. 651-461-9226 is the number to call if you have a question or a comment for Bruce or Peg. With three minutes left in the program this week, 
This texter writes, is your expense worksheet on your website, Bruce or Peg? It is not. Our exp- it is not. Our expense worksheet is a tool that we use through our financial planning department at Wealth Enhancement Group. Um, if you're interested in uh, seeing what that is, then you can contact our uh, company. And Susie, you usually give the number of how yes. they can get a hold of us, or you can email us, right. et cetera. And we'll do that uh, just if you're listening right now. It is. Um, the number to call is one eight six six. I'm going to go back to the page because I should have this memorized. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your money at wealthenhancement.com, eight 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 six advice, and that's twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. And speaking as someone who's just done it recently, text her. It is nice to have that initial consultation where you take a little packet. I forget what it's called, and you go through it and you answer it. And that can be daunting, but it's at least a guidepost, right? Would you say, guys, in terms yeah, of um, absolutely setting the hey, stage? Quick- Go ahead. I'm sorry, Susie. I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. A um, no. couple quick things. I'm glad the texter mentioned the website again, and I know we're running out of time. I want Peg to talk just briefly about the website because they keep telling us to mention that more. And when I go in there and look at it, I see why. It's pretty impressive. But to the point of coming in the CS, I don't want to turn this into a commercial, but the reality is you can come and see us. There's no cost. There's no obligation. If you don't have a favorable impression, you walk away. You've got nothing to lose. I I always ask myself, why don't more people, when I say that, call us up and come in and see us? Because I don't understand. There's nothing to lose. Just come in and see if we can help. I think we can, but if you're not impressed, walk away. But that's where you'd see that worksheet and some of those tools that Peg talks about. But Peg, really quickly, plug the website and tell everybody how good it is. Yeah, so wealthenhancement.com. When you go to that website, you have all sorts of choices. You can learn some about how our approach and and how we are comprehensive wealth planners. What is it that we do? Um, I like the tab insights because insights, you can actually listen to your money radio shows. So all the shows are on there, and maybe there's a topic that you missed and you'd like to just listen to it. And then we have events and webinars and all sorts of insightful insightful information from our planning department, from our investment department, from our roundtable of specialists. And so um, go ahead and go to wealthenhancement.com. Have a great week. Talk to you next Sunday on Your Money.